Welcome to Sword and Shield, the official podcast of the 960th Cyberspace Wing. Join us for insight, knowledge, mentorship, and some fun as we discuss relevant topics in and around our wing. Please understand that the views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of the U.S. Air Force nor the Air Force Reserve, and no endorsement of any particular person or business is ever intended. Welcome to the Sword and Shield podcast. I'm Colonel Rick Erich, 960th Cyberspace Wing Commander, and today my guest is... Lieutenant Colonel Joya Gamera. I'm the 17X MAGCOM Functional Manager. Welcome, Joya. Thanks, sir. You know, I'm a huge fan of the podcast, so it's really special for me to actually sit here and talk with you today. No, that's awesome. Um, I'm really excited to have you here. This is something that's really passionate to talk about. You and I have talked about development and and, and what we're doing to grow our airmen. And so it's a good opportunity for you. And we always like to have super fans on, on the podcast <laughs> as well. So it helps. <laughs> it does help. Yeah. Yeah. And I think our conversation today, sir, really expands outside of our own career field. So I'm definitely going to use this for marketing, for recruiting, and to blast it out the importance of the DT to other career fields as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I think we do a fairly good job in our business, at least the cyber business with development, at least through the DT process. That I think some of the other career fields are a little bit be, you know, maybe behind us in the way we really focus on it. And so this is a good opportunity to to get everybody inside the wing. And then externally, we're only one third of the enterprise in the 960th. So certainly shop this around. We're we're happy to grow our listener base as well. Right. And even to your words previously, um, folks diff, uh, get their information from different mediums, consume their information differently. And so not just through emails, but the podcast, the social media you guys do, I think really do a good job to to help um, develop our folks. So this is another great avenue for that. So appreciate being on. That's excellent. And we're excited to actually do this in person too. So that's that's great. And so really excited for you and your new, new role down at AFRC. And I think you're the right person for it. We're, we're really excited to what you're going to do and, and again, continue to grow and develop our leaders. I think the most important thing we do as leaders is replace ourselves and then grow and develop the talent we need to. I, I once heard an 06 say that we need to have five people ready for every position. So think about that. That's that's a lot of development. That's a lot of training. That's a lot of mentoring. Um, and I take that on personally. I really believe that it's, it's important for me and my role to continue to mentor people and, and, and help people achieve their goals. And I get great satisfaction from talking to somebody and they're like, hey, I did what you asked me to do. And it led to this and then it led to this. And like that's to me brings tremendous satisfaction. And the development piece, informal and formal is, is really important. And today we're going to focus a little bit on the formal stuff and, and we'll weave in the mentoring as well. And, and your I mean, I'd be interested to hear your stories throughout your career about positive and maybe some gaps and how you're helping other people as well, just as an officer in our Air Force. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I completely agree. Our job is to grow ourselves out of the job, right? And so I always like to get mentor up the chain and also my peers and then down the chain to see who can also replace me. So this is um, this is a, a way we can do that. Sure. And I think mentoring is important. We talk mentoring. We don't really define it a lot of times. We're like, hey, go get a mentor. Like, that's easy for me to say, right? And so I want to be that mentor for somebody. And, and I've got multiple mentors in my life. I've got people in the Air Force uh, and I use my boss. I use people that work below me to seek feedback. And then there's people outside of the Air Force, former people that were in the Air Force with me, and then just random people don't have anything 
to do with my professional life, don't understand what's going on. They just know I wear a uniform and, and normally they refer to me as the guard guy. And so <laughs> um, it's fascinating how people view that. But I think you need all those perspectives just to understand. And they're all data points, right? They're all individual data points coming from some perspective. And you take those in and then you make your own decision. And so I probably talk to somebody every day. So last, yeah, yesterday was a captain. Today, I just got off the phone with a tech sergeant. Um, all people in different situations that want to talk, I try to make myself available. I think that's important for all of our leaders to do that, not just people you supervise, right? Not people in your formal chain, but it's not like you're finding somebody at the BX and saying, hey, let me mentor you. Like, here's a good idea. It normally comes through networks. And so this tech sergeant, for example, is somebody on RegAF, is interested in coming to the reserve, wants to know just what that's like. And they got connected to me through a captain that I've been trying to recruit off RegAF. And so it's kind of funny how things happen. Um, but take, I just encourage everybody, all the listeners, whether you're in this wing or not to be that person and be available. Um, and, and certainly you and I have had a number of discussions back and forth, um, through our, through our, in, through our time here in the, in, in the, in the wing and about how, um, you're, some people seek, seek that a lot. And I think to me that, I'm going to have that discussion every time. Others, maybe not so much that you got to try to find a way to help them. And I think through the formal DT process um, is maybe one way to kind of crack into that and get that person comfortable with with the process. So um, tell us a little bit about where we are with the with the we'll start with the 17, 17D and the 14F. So right. We can't forget we got the 14Fs we're bringing right, as well. Right. A handful of those um, right in, um, that are also meeting the development team board. So that board is going to happen in um, April, and that happens every year. And it's not just for the cyber folks, the 17X or the 14Fs. It happens for every career field. And ARPC puts out a schedule usually every year, and you can find that on MyPERS on the officer development section. But also the enlisted side um, also have development boards, and that cycle is also there um, as well. But it's a chance for you as a member to submit your development plan. So what you plan on doing you know, now and the next one to three years and the next five to ten years what your goals are, let's say it's to stay in place, or maybe you want to, you know, maybe take an AGR job or just be an IMA in your, your next assignment. Um, the idea is that you can have input and influence in your career. And I love that about the reserve. That's why I left active duty, because I wanted to be more in control of my career. And hey, these are the things that I would like to do. And I know that there are gaps in my experience and knowledge. Help me get the experiences that I need to reach that goal. And that's the goal today. But next year, it might be a different goal. For example, this job was not on my radar at all. And if you would have asked me actually a year ago, I would have said, I am never going to the command. Are you kidding me? Going to Robbins, taking a, you know, a match composition, that is not in my purview. And then lo and behold, life happens, an opportunity opens up. And I'm like, wait, I get to mentor and, you know, talk to grow my cyber network okay, sure, sign me up, or at least let me let me try and give it my best shot. And so um, that is a way for you to have input into your career and then have senior leaders give you that feedback and say, okay, I see you want to be a joint planner. Have you tried any joint planning courses? Did you know that there's uh, the Joint Enabling Capabilities Command that has joint planners in that unit? Um, so those are the things that we may not necessarily know because we only know what we know and want that outside visibility from other senior leaders to say, hey, maybe you should connect with this mentor because they have the skills that you're looking for um, in, in your future jobs and they might be a great connection for you. Or, hey, consider applying for these 
you know, reserve school selection board at the next um, next board meeting. And then maybe you might get the experiences that you need to be that to take that job in three to five, 10 years. And so that's where I feel you get as much value out of the, the board as much as you put in. So if you think, hey, this is just a pencil whipping um, exercise, it's really not going to help me, then you're not going to get value out of the vectors that you're going to get because the senior leaders are only going to review what you put in. But if you say, hey, I'm dual military, my husband's an Army AGR, we have kids who are seniors, I don't want to move right now, but if the right opportunity presents itself, then I'm willing to consider moving. And I won't say that that's my story, but that is 100% my story. <laughs> I, have a, I had a similar experience, right? So I wanted to be a group commander, um, lieutenant colonel, getting ready um, to meet the 06 board. And I'm like, hey. And so I started signaling through the DT process about what my and, – and really I was posturing because I didn't want to leave Minneapolis. So I was never going to leave Minneapolis because that's home. So I wanted to be the MSG commander there, right? And so through the mentoring process, and I get a phone call from um, – Major General Kim Kreider, who was the senior 17 at the time, she's like, you need to go to school in residence. Like, you got a good record. If you want to be in 06 and you want to be group commander, like, you got to go in residence. I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, I don't want to separate um, from my family, geo batch, go a year in residence. And then, so I didn't do anything about it. And I was deployed. She called me on deployment when I was in the Middle East and said, hey, you need to apply. So two years in a row, she called me. And so I'm like, I think I got the message. So I applied for school and then it put me on a different path, a path that led to four moves in six years, one we weren't necessarily planning for, but the path led me to here, right? So people think, well, how'd you get to be the wing commander? Like you did all like, no, like that wasn't in the cards at the beginning. And it was the mentoring and primarily through the DT process, because I really at Minneapolis, I was like, I'm just going to stay here. I don't want anybody to know who I am. Right. <laughs> I don't want that. Those outside factors telling me to go do something. We were comfortable. And sometimes, like you said, opportunities come up. You got to be ready for it. And if the DT board, all the 06s and GOs that sit on that, know your name, understand what you're looking for. That's where the networking happens. And that's where the opportunities, yeah. at least for me. General Kreider, I, I met her. Um, during one of the RSSB courses, I think it was Joled on Charleston, and I saw her brief, and I was completely blown away by her. And I go, man, I want to be like her when I grew up. Yeah. And she gave me the first interest in becoming a cyber officer. Just that, like, she didn't even really ha have any interaction, but I saw her brief. I saw how super sharp she was, and she just got me fired up about cyber. And she was one of the first initial folks that I'm like, hey, I want to be like her. Maybe I should consider this cyber cyber gig. Yeah, she was awesome. And I think that's, and she wasn't afraid to call people and um, very business-like, right? It wasn't like, it was like, hey, this is what you need to do. This is what we need you to do. This is what you're capable of. And inspired, you know, me to go down that path with with some teeth grinding. And, and now I tell people when I went to Eisenhower School, which is, used to be ICAF, um, it was one of the greatest experiences of my life. It was amazing. I wouldn't have had that opportunity had they not pushed me for it because people like her sit on these boards and they pick people to go to schools. And mm -hmm. so um, and then that led me to, hey, if you want to do this wing commander thing, you need to go down to the match comp. Like you got to go through, you know, the mothership at AFRC and to get down there and then to get the opportunity like brief General Scobie at the time when he was a DCOM. Like you have all these interactions that people that make decisions see you in action. And that's how that leads to other opportunities. And 
for me, it was the DT board was the genesis for all that. So I'm a big, big supporter of this process. Um, and the great thing about those vectors that you get back from the board is that you don't have to do any of them. You can pick and choose like, okay, I see what you're saying. I, I have a different perspective on how to get to my end state. Do I want to take this right now? Maybe not. Um, and maybe some of those vectors may not even apply six months down the road, right? So um, take it as another data point on how you can evaluate your situation and do what's best for you and your family. And sometimes that opens up other opportunities that you don't even know exist. And that's really what the value of having senior leaders review your record and say, hey, you have a gap in this. Maybe you should consider being a DO at your next um, assignment if you want to take command, because that's a perfect place to learn and pivot you for that command position. Or it's, hey, you, you seem to have a lot of space background. Did you know we have cyber um, folks in aligned to space units? And no, I didn't know that. But now that I know, now I'm going to do a little bit more research. And then me as the MAGCOM functional manager, I can help at least provide those connections to the units or give you a good POC to answer more of your, the, your those questions if you are interested in going down that route. So really, I feel like I'm a connector of people. If you've ever Absolutely. read that Malcolm Gladwell book, I'm like, I feel like I'm a connector. I may not be super technically smart, but I have tons of experience and tons of contacts and in a lot of different areas. And I feel like I can get you to the right person to answer those questions that you have because I may not know all the answers. And so I am learning a lot in this position. I'm getting so many um, uh, contacts from other services considering to be in a reserve or folks who are just interested in, hey, what what can I put in my DT? And I can give you some of those resources as well. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think um, as we've grown, we got more mature here through the process. I oftentimes I seek feedback from people that met the board, like, what'd you think your vectors? Like, and, and sometimes I hear, well, they weren't they're, they're They didn't agree with what I want to do. I'm like, uh, OK, so let's level set here. Their job is not to just agree with you. Right. They're trying to give you what's in the range of the possible, where we think you should focus on. And other than the basic stuff of do your PME, get a master's, advanced second degree, get some certs like that stuff's kind of generic for everybody. But what I always encourage, like you get out of it what you mentioned early, what you put into it. Right. And so this. I, I encourage people just to do, I say, clear text it and just tell us what you want to do. Like. It's not an OPR. We're not looking for OPR bullets. Don't try to guess what we want to hear because we're going to call you on it. Like and say, hey, I want to go be a commander. And then we start pushing you for command. And one person we did this has happened to me last year. I made a phone call like, hey, this is going to be a good person. They're ready to command. That person turned the command job down because they weren't ready for it. Even after they applied, I'm like, just don't do that to us. If like you said, like right now I can't move because I got young kids, I'm going to school, uh, my civilian job, like that's completely fine. Mm -hmm. We're going to give you vector based on, it may say, Hey, you really need to move to a MAGCOM job next. Right. That doesn't mean that we're telling you to move right now. It's just saying your next step should be that understand what's going on in your personal life. And that stuff changes, you know, life changes all the time. Right. right? So the way I use that um, information is, so the cyber career field is really good about mentoring and developing. So I had requested uh, a mentor on this last DT. So they connected me with Colonel Edmonds, and now the ball was in my court to actually make that connection with her. And she was great. Had a hour-long conversation telling her, hey, here's who I am. Here's the experiences I've had. This is where I want to go. Um, give me some feedback, some ideas on things to do. And then when I got into the MagCom functional manager position, I said, hey, ma'am, 
give me some things that I should be thinking about as I go into this role. You know, what, what don't I know? What should I be researching? What types of connections should I be making? And then if there's also schools that she suggested, then I'm going to apply for those. Um, so then on the RSSB, I'm saying, hey, I'm applying for this course because it's going to help me do this in my career. And also my DT said I should apply for this course. So hopefully that makes my application rise to the top and maybe I get selected, but at least I'm doing the things that I think are going to put me in the right path that's in line with what the, the DT said. Yeah, the school boards actually looked at see what the DT team tells you. And that factors in their decision on who goes, who goes to school, who gets selected. So it's a piece of that, not only your performance record, but what does your functional community think about mm -hmm. what you need to do next? And so using the DT board to bounce some things off of like, hey, what should I be doing? This is what I'm thinking. Give me some feedback. Um, I've been on five or six boards and, and the cyber boards, and I've done some in personnel too because I've got a 38F background. Um, we spend a lot of time on the vectors. Like you score a record, you move through, you make some notes. But when we really sit down and look at every single person, like we're talking as a panel about really what's the next step for somebody or what they're looking. And that applies for. across the board for all ranks, right, sir? Since Absolutely. you've been on a panel as a panel member um, several times, um, I've had questions for, hey, I'm a second lieutenant. I'm brand new to the career field. Should I even put in? Um, a, a development plan. My answer is always is yes. Like 100%. why is it? Why would that hurt? Now there are a certain pool that do get scored, and um, then from there it's a key personnel list, right? So talk to us about a little bit about that um, delineation for our. Yes, case. we want everybody to put in for it, just get some feedback. Um, I remember I was second lieutenant. I thought I was going to do everything. Like I need to get a master's <laughs> degree right away. I need all this stuff, and 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 the vector may be like, hey, you need to focus on your job become a functional expert and start thinking about apply for SOS at the first time. Um, and, and so you may not get a really, um, really specific vector at that point, but as you go and then you try to build upon that, right? And then as you get to be, um, so we score majors and above um, individually, majors against majors, lieutenant colonels, lieutenant colonels against lieutenant colonels and the 06s are done by the GOs. Um, they do the same thing. And so they scored exactly like a promotion board six through 10, use almost the exact same documents other than you've got the my vector information, which promotion board doesn't have. Score it, blind scoring, draw the line, above the line scoring wise is the KPL list and below the line is not KPL. And it, it changes from year to year. And people say, I was on the KPL last year, not this year. Different pool of people every year. It's like a promotion mm -hmm, board, right? Mm -hmm. So every year you got people promoting in and out. It's a different group. I wouldn't get too worried about it. You can, even though, if, even if you're not on the KPL list, you can still apply for every single job. Yeah. It's just a process that works through that the hiring official has to consider those people on the KPL. Like, it's fine. People can hire who they need to hire, who's best fit. Um, and so sometimes I've seen people get wrapped around the axle about, right. about the KPL. Right. And so I would tell you, um, do your best. Job performance is still number one. Number one factor in scoring in, in, perform, in promotion boards and DT. And then everything else after that. So focus on your job. Make sure you do what you need to do in your civilian career as well. Um, if that experience is important to what you do as a military person or, or just what brings additional leadership experience, like make sure the DT knows that. Like, hey, my civilian job, I'm an SES. Like, that's a big deal. Like, we know that that translates to military mm -hmm. as well. I've always looked at the KPL too to see, um, to get mentors. 
right? So I'm looking at them like, oh, they're super sharp and the board thinks so as well. Let me see, let me just go ask them, hey, what have you done? Mm -hmm. um, how can you mentor me? And so that could also be a good starting point for folks on getting those mentors because if the board sees them as super sharp, there's a reason why. And so that could be another connection that you make that is on your own, right? You sure. can go seek out those mentors. Yeah, but really that KPL, because it doesn't go on your evaluation, it doesn't um, stay on your record at all. It changes every year. People don't have to get wrapped around it and don't have to get hurt if they didn't make the cut line because I'm guessing you have some super sharp people and it's going to be hard to not everybody can be on the KPL. We, sure. we cut it at a certain number. So Yeah, so the last five years that I've been um, doing this, the competition has gotten a lot, right. lot better. Like, I think it's, so I'm going to, I'm going to give the DT process some props. That I think part of that is that we've been very consistent, persistent, and thorough with, we do that. And people are following what, you know, what, what the DT is telling them. And so the gap from top to bottom is shrinking. Like we're compressing the list and it gets harder to draw that line. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we don't compromise the line. Sometimes it's a certain percentage and it changes every year just based on the quality of the records is how the KPL line's drawn. Um, and for me, the, the value is not in the KPL, but it's in what are they telling me I need to do? Right. Like what words are they sending back to me? And, and um, as you talk to your first little six in the chain who should be pushing your, um, your, your input to the board, like make sure they know too, because sometimes there's a, there's a difference in what they think. You can clearly tell that there's maybe not good comms there, um, particularly in the IMA community, which may not have a lot of interaction with their first 06 based on their participation schedule. Like you got to spend some time to make sure that they understand what you want. And it may be that they just, they're a reg F person maybe, and they or don't understand army. opportunities or army mm -hmm. or a uh, civilian SES super like we see it all over. Like you got to make sure that they understand what's available and what you're going going forward, that really helps the board give a really, um, really strong and meaningful vector back to everybody. Right. And even if they're not in the Air Force, your first 06 first endorser um, can still get a My Vector account because it's available to anybody who has a CAC. So they can just go in, um, log in, sign up for a My Vector account, and you can still route that. So I'm thinking of all those IMAs, right? Who, who are asking, hey, my first 06 is in the Air Force. That's okay. They can still sign up and get their comments um, into the panel. Um, this is a good opportunity to have a, a feedback session with them, right? To say, hey, this Absolutely. is what I want to do. Are, are you tracking this? And this is how you can support me and my goals and my career. Yeah. Um, and even with our folks who are in a traditional uh, host base and who their first 06 is an MSG commander and may not be super technically proficient or may not have any idea of what the next path is for those um, cyber officers, uh, a lot of the MSG commanders reach out to me as well and say, hey, is this appropriate for them? You know, they're super sharp. What can I, you know, can I, what can I say? What can I offer for them to be seen, scored really well at, at the board? And so they can always reach out to me if they have any questions or if they have trouble like with the system, because I know we were the first career field that used my vector. So not a lot of the things transferred over from VPC into my vector. So folks who had, hey, what was my, you know, vector last year? You actually have to go into the old system in VPC, pull up your old RODP, and then see the vectors in there. But going forward, that capability will be in there. It's just not this go around because we were we were leading the charge. And, yep. and so with that leaning forward just comes a little bit of kinks that we worked out for everybody else, but we're kind of dealing with the second and third order effects. Yeah, it's exciting. We want to do that. Um, and, and actually, 
from a board member perspective, it was pretty good. I know we asked a bunch of questions too that some people probably got wore out, but it really helped us again gather information about you, about what you want to do. And so people put as much effort into that as they want. Like there's no judging there. Like mm -hmm. use it as a tool to inform panel members about where you're going in your career and what you want to do. And if you want to stay somewhere and be lieutenant colonel or be a major and be an operator, or be on net, be on keyboard, or be a combat commer and not do anything else, we need people to do that. Right, right. But just understand that it probably comes with some limiting opportunities for promotion or other jobs. Like you're you're not going to go squadron group and wing commander at the same place, right? Which may be fine because you in your civilian job, you might be a CEO. And that time away from your civilian job probably is not feasible. So that's okay. And I think that's important to let the board members know like, hey, I'm good being that continuity in this reserve unit. And I will be the best, you know, best that I can in this position, but I don't want to compete for command. I don't want to do this because my civilian career pays the bread and butter. And so I'm going to focus more of my time and energy to succeeding in that realm and be the best officer I can be when I'm on military status. Right. And so mm -hmm. is there, since you've been on a board, is there a certain format that's easier for you as a panel member to see? Or because I know I've done mine in narrative format. I've done it sometimes in like bullets, statements. And I've heard that it really doesn't matter. It's it, what you put in. It doesn't in. matter. Yeah, yeah, it's more about the words. We're looking for those keywords and, and the, um, the consistent message between the first 06 and the chain, what the member's saying. So mm -hmm. um, for me, just clear text it. Like, don't make it flowery words. It's like, this is where I'm at right now in my life. And this is what I'm looking for. Um, I'm curious, though, if you're not in sync with your first endorser and um, that first 06 in your chain, how does the board interpret that? If the member wants one thing and the first 06 is like, actually, I think they should really do this. So for the vector, we've tried to be consistent with that and, and use the words like, hey, there seems to be a disconnect between mm -hmm. what where you think you are and, and your first 06. We suggest you guys go work that out. Or like, um, I want to be a commander, but my first 06 doesn't say that. I should be a commander, maybe yet or ever. Like sometimes that mm -hmm. happens as well. Um, that's very delicate. And that's a difficult situation to go back to the member and just and just say, hey, I think there's a disconnect there between where your first 06 sees your performance, where you are, blah, 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 and, and try to soften that. And not like, because again, we're looking at a snapshot in time, right? right. And somebody's performance. And, um, and if folks get a mentor, you know, assigned to them, that might be a deeper conversation to have with that mentor to say, hey, okay, my first 06 doesn't agree with me. What do I need to do to fill the gap so that I can be ready when the time presents itself? So um, those, we're going to continue to do that in the cyber career field, connect folks with mentors as long as they see value added. And, and I know I did getting my mentor from last year. And so hopefully we can continue to grow that relationship and that kind of process of deliberate mentoring for our career field to help grow that bench. Yeah, I think that's that's a great Thing we started last year all those 06 has got a list of people and then we started this formal and um we it was a little bit random how colonel jones went through and she said okay and she assigned people um and that's great to hear we're going to do that again i think that that's really important i think the other outcome that comes out of the board that we started when i was down in a6o several years ago was uh, we created a list of everybody that we thought would be good commanders, whether they thought they wanted to be a commander <laughs> or not, or if they said, I want to be a commander. And we looked at the records and what their supervision chain was saying. We basically created this commander and deal list, majors, lieutenant colonels. And that list gets used like I still have it when we, you know, we, we talk to people about, hey, you're, are you interested in command? Like, is this something you want to do? Hey, it's DO. 
interested in being a deal, part-time or full-time. And so those there's other things that come out of there that end up with maybe not directly back in your vector, but throughout the year, we continue to have discussions with people about opportunities as they come up. Right. Because I, I just had a, a phone call with a buddy last week and said, hey, I'm really looking for only AGR positions in the Pentagon. I'm like, well, you're super specific. And then I happened to be looking on my person. I said, hey, did you see there's actually three positions, AGR positions at the Pentagon? You might want to check those out if those actually are interested to you. So if I know that folks want a certain you know, location, a certain experience, a certain mission set, and I see something come open, I'm like, hey, this one's coming open. You might want to you know, get your resume ready or, or something and, and be prepped for that. So that's how I can help facilitate some of those um, jobs or future opportunities. If I'm aware of it, I try to keep those in the back of my mind after I have conversations with folks. I'm saying, hey, this one just came open. This one's vacant now. Go ahead and go apply. Now, it's up to you if you apply or if you want another connection in that unit and say, hey, I kind of want to understand that mission set a little bit more, then I can help facilitate some of those connections. Yeah, that's great. That That's a uh, you're a great resource for that. You have across the entire portfolio and beyond. Yeah, no pressure. To infinity <laughs> beyond. No pressure. No pressure at all. Um, but let's talk a little about the enlisted side here before we wrap up and, and what that process looks like and kind of what the schedule is for them. Right. So the one Bravos and the one Delta 7s, the E6s and above right now are going through the DT process. Theirs is also in my vector. Their, the deadline is 20 June 22nd in so that they can submit their development plan in there. And then the board is 18 July to 22nd July in at ARPC. So there's just coming up. Um, I think this is going to be their first cycle doing this. And so it's going to be a learning process for them. But I think we've laid the, the roadmap so that they can have a successful um, outcome for theirs. Yeah, the same process. I think the same thought process uh, we talked about for officers for mentoring and finding people and clear texting what you want to do um, is really important. Now, this does not guarantee if you say, I want to go do X job, it, this is not a job application. It's not a job interview. It's it's an opportunity just to get some feedback on that. And I think that goes for everybody that uses the DT process. Make sure they understand what the expectation is. Right. And I know they have some um, Teams meetings or all calls to help get the word out and to answer any questions. Your POCs at um, in A6OD are Chief Soleri, Chief Michael Soleri, and Chief Jessica Matice up there. So if they have enlisted folks who are looking to have, um, ask any questions, those are your two POCs. And I am your POC for the officer side. That's awesome. Well, Joya, I think we came to the end of our time. I appreciate being here. It always flies by. Like, yeah. I love having discussions about um, how to take care of your people. Again, I think it, it's the most important thing we do is, is to basically put ourselves out of work, yeah. <laughs> find our own replacement, um, and then mentor people. And, and again, remember, I think the one to five ratio is important. So um, you need to mentor more than one person and people need more than one option as you're talking to them. Right. And I appreciate you having me on, sir. I, I, I value your insight and your mentorship. And I know you really care about your folks. And it comes through not just in the podcast, but the emails and social media. And so I know that you care about growing our career field as a whole. And I feel super fortunate to be in, in this role and to help kind of spread that as well. I'll try to do my best. Um, Major Goring did a great job. And so I'm trying to fill his shoes. Um, but he had a, a, a huge footprint. So I'm just trying to do the best that I can to take that and your message forward. Board. Yeah, you, you're going to do an awesome job. We appreciate that. Let's do this again, maybe post board. Yeah. And then once we do some analytics on it, we talk about what lessons we learned and have another uh, development discussion as well, if you're interested in doing that. Sounds good, sir. Awesome. Awesome. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Until next time.